Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Radio studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Here's Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. This to- this uh, statement is getting so much attention. There is a radical gender theorist extremist in a high position of government, specifically Rachel Levine, the assist- Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services in the Biden administration. Uh, Ms. Levine happens to be a transgender woman, which is fine as far as it goes. I mean, if if uh, Rachel Levine was good at her job and a reasonable person, I wouldn't care. She deserves every chance of success and happiness as any other American. On the other hand, the problem is not that Rachel Levine is transgender. It's that Rachel Levine is a transgender extremist, a gender theory extremist. Here's uh, what she said recently. I think it was just the other day, clip 35, Michael. So we really want to 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 debase our treatment and uh, and to uh, affirm and to uh, support and empower these youth, not to limit their participation in activities, the sports, and even uh, uh, limit their ability to get gender affirmation treatment in their state. Yeah, we want to reaffirm and encourage children. A, biological males to compete in women's sports. We've gone over that a thousand times, and the vast majority of Americans agrees with her point of view, so there's no point in belaboring it. But the other thing is, she wants affirmative encouragement for children to permanently alter their bodies through drugs and surgery. She's an enthusiast. That is sick and dangerous. Interesting point. 
this website and I wasn't probably familiar with. not an accident that she ended up in such a high position. No, with those attitudes. No. Right, right. And again, this has nothing to do with uh, good normal people who happen to be gay or transgender or bisexual or anything. We're talking radical gender theory extremist. This is so interesting. I didn't know this uh, website. Um, but Jennifer Bilek wrote a long, detailed, painstakingly researched story on the Pritzker family. You know, uh, J.B. Pritzker, who's the governor of Illinois, and his philanthropist was a brother, now a sister, Jennifer. They are using the billions or hundreds of millions of dollars that they have as the heirs to the, is it, uh, which hotel chain are they the heirs to? I can't even remember. Super 8? Uh, no. No, it's, and I don't want to say the wrong one. Days it's in? One of the, it's one of the H ones, but I don't want to say the wrong one. Um, but anyway, they're the heirs to a gigantic hotel fortune. And it's the Pritzker family that has been funding virtually every lab, hospital, uh, department in universities, etc., that's pitching the hardcore gender theory stuff. Why? That's just their thing? Or? It, well, again, one of the Pritzkers is transgender. Okay. Um, and, and is a philanthropist, meaning spreads around money. And they have decided to pitch tens of millions of dollars into promoting the radical transgender theories that you're hearing, the Pritzker family. And maybe at some point we'll get into this in a little more detail because it's it's just wild. And the institutions that they're dropping $10 million here, $15 million there, include big-time universities you've heard of, big-time hospitals you've heard of. And some of these hospitals you think, what are you doing operating on a confused 15-year-old and changing their body forever? Yeah. Well, these hospitals got tens of millions of dollars from the Pritzkers. So part of the reason I bring this up, it is it is my belief, again, and I have what a lot of like uh, fundamentalist people would think is a very, very liberal attitude toward the whole LGBTQ thing. I don't care. I just want people to be happy and not hurt each other. And it, you swing the way you want to swing. I seriously don't care. But when it comes to confused adolescence being swept along by this conveyor belt of alter your body through drugs and surgery. I think that's sick and dangerous. To wit, this is from the invaluable, hilarious, and incredibly troubling Libs of TikTok account. I don't say that enough. I need to say to wit more often. That's really good. Thank you. Thank you. I try to sound smart. To wit, saying to wit more often. Anyway, this is from the uh, infamous and, and wonderful Libs of TikTok account. This is a confused adolescent young woman. I think she's a woman with the piercings and the weird face tattoos and stuff. Not like Mike Tyson, but subtle face tattoos, the wild colored hair, the, the whole I'm desperate to show I'm different or who I am adolescent thing. Mm. But she's a teenage girl. Michael, let's start with clip 30. We'll go from there teaching you guys some ways that my friends and I meow to one another to communicate when words just seem a little too difficult. Okay, so, stop, stop, Michael. I'm sorry. I, I thought she mentioned it. Yes. She and her friends identify as cats, and they are dead serious. They think their gender is, I'm a cat. Is cat Go a ahead. gender? 
teaching you guys some ways that my friends and I meow to one another to communicate when words just seem a little too difficult. So here we go. Okay, so first off, we have the normal meow that we just use mostly to get each other's attention. Meow. Okay, then we have the dissatisfied meow. <coughs> then the angry meow, but we only use this one on rare occasions because overall we're a very happy kid and family. <coughs> then the happy or content meow. Meow. <coughs> Here's here's the problem with the modern world. How do I know if that's real or if she and her friends are laughing at the old white male who thinks this is real? She has gone to an extraordinary amount of trouble to appear as what she claims to be. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of this stuff that certainly seems to be real. It's just yeah. I don't know how you would know in the modern world. Roll 31, Michael. Okay, then one of the most important ones for our kitten family is that I want to go potty meow. It took me a really long time to master this meow because it it needs to be really specific in order for my kittens to understand. Let's go ahead and finish this. Just give me 32 and 33 back to back. Okay, this is the most important meow for me, and it's the I need help wiping meow. Oh. I'm trying to picture if, like, one of my kids going through their teenage dumb come to me and, like, explain to me their different meows for communicating with their friends. <laughs> no, I would react to that. I think, I think my reaction after that would be, okay, so is your room clean? Because I asked you if you could clean your room. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's funny. I, uh, I could accuse you of trying to undermine my premise with your, are they putting us on? But it's a legitimate question. Oh, yeah. I'm not will, trying to be silly at all. I honestly oh, I don't know. know anymore. I know. I will tell you this. Having raised three children through adolescence, dealt with all of their friends, coached a lot of them in a couple of different sports uh, and other volunteer activities, an adolescent that crazy temporarily is not out of the question at all. Now, that's a particularly nutty example. That's why it's been elevated to people hearing about it. But here's my point. Assuming that that, or in this age where people claim there are 54 and counting different genders, and they're dead serious about it, even if the cat girl isn't, they are. Adolescents get swept up into nuttiness all the time. If they don't count it as a miracle, okay? It's, it's a near constant. It's a truism. And a lot of it these days has to do with sex, sexuality, and gender. And the idea that you would get a confused child who is, even you, the activists, accept that they have a problem. You think their problem is a different problem than I think it is. But you're accepting that they're going through something very, very difficult as an adolescent. Your solution is to permanently change them through drugs and surgery because of an adolescent moment a phase of adolescent confusion or desperate identity seeking, dealing with the pain of either adolescents in general or perhaps their home situation is terrible. But your solution is permanent scarring with drugs and surgery. And and I'm going to say this out loud, and if it costs me my career, that's fine. Don't do that to children. When you're an adult, you live your life however you see fit. I support you 100% your right to do that. But don't do it to children. 
There's a uh, a new episode of the Babysitter's Club on HBO that's all about the new babysitter in town convincing a little boy that she's really a little girl. Oh. And a lot of parents around the country are saying, oh, my God, we can't watch this show anymore. Oh, man. Uh, how old was the girl there that believes she's a cat? Or I'm the, guessing 16, 17. Her gender is a cat? Man, that's or really whatever. an elastic definition of gender when it starts to include cats. Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Point of personal privilege. Don't get brazen with me. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I did read a long story in the Wall Street Journal about Elon, the guy that Elon has put in charge of his philanthropy. Have you seen that? Some no, uh, don't know former professional gambler, kind of wild card, interesting person. Elon's wow. a Elon is a fun world's richest man. I like having, uh, uh, you know, Bill Gates was so dull. Uh, I like having the world's richest man be so colorful and so fun. He's an interesting Car- dude. His, what an interesting Car- family. Carlos Slim, I really didn't know much about. He was the richest guy for like a cup of tea, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a, a cerveza. Um, <laughs> did uh, Bezos ever ascend to the throne, or has he always been like uh, number no, two, he, number three? He, I think he was richest man there for a while. Yeah. Before, and I don't know how long Elon will be the world's richest man because Tesla um, has been overtaken by a Chinese company that is backed by Warren Buffett as the. Um, Number one electric car dealer. Tesla's not, I mean, Tesla is overvalued. There's no way it's worth more than, so anyway, eventually Elon's money's going to come down, but he will continue to fascinate because what a fascinating family all the way around as you're about to hear is about his dad who married, who was a supermodel at the time, his mom there in South Africa. And I mean, there's just, there's a lot of interesting backstory in the, in the whole thing. Yeah, so Elon, who's a tad free with his seed for my taste, ten, ten children by many, several women. I, I've lost track of how many. It's really not my business. But his lusty dad, Errol, who's 76, just confirmed that, yes, he'd become a papa again back in 2019 with he'd, he'd had the kid. He'd produced the kid with a stepdaughter who he <clears throat> raised from the time she was, I think, four years old? Oh. Hmm. Yeah. So, does he's he like wealthy... Woody's... Does he like Woody Allen movies? He's a wealthy South African engineer. He married model Maya Haldeman Musk in 1970. Had three children with her, including Elon. Couple split in 1979, uh, before Errol went on to wed Heidi Bezudenhoit, a young widow who already had two children, including little Jana, age four, when Errol became her stepfather. Errol and Heidi eventually divorced after an 18-year-old marriage, an 18-year marriage, rather. But the Musk family was subsequently stunned when Jana, the little girl, became pregnant with Errol's baby back in 2017. As an adult. Yes. Oh, yeah. She's, yeah. she's yeah. an adult, so it's it's similar to the whole Woody Allen thing. Um, so it led to a bitter falling out between Errol and Elon, with the Tesla CEO furious that his father had impregnated his stepsister. Oh yeah, I had some quote from Elon calling his dad a whack job of some sort. Oh really? Uh, 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 yeah, I have a, a quote. Terrible somewhere. human being. Yeah, terrible human being. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, a heck of a thing dad- to say about your own dad. Now, what of the ongoing romance, you might be wondering? And what's well, the age seven, difference here? 76, 35. Okay. 
Well, uh, Errol, the horny, horny Errol, admits the pregnancy was unplanned and that they're no longer living together, citing their 41-year age gap. It's not practical. She's 35, he declared. Eventually, if I'm still around, she might wind up back with me, but any man who marries a younger woman, even if you feel very sprightly, it's going to be nice for a while, but there's a big gap, and that gap is going to show itself. At least he's a realist. Well... Yeah, uh, there there are there are gaps and then there are gaps. Forty years is a lot. Yeah, <laughs> Holy cow! One more groovy Errol Musk uh, quote. He bragged to the English tabloid The Sun, "The only thing we're on Earth for is to reproduce." Well, and he Elon, has at least a bit of a point. Elon got some of that. Elon claims the biggest problem the world has is a depopulation, so he's having ten kids. All right. Not sure what good that does the bunch of kids that you're probably not spending that much time being their dad. I'm, I don't know what's going on there. So, boy, but yeah. if you're a 30 year old woman and you get with your, because this was 2017, so you're a 30 year old woman, you get with your 71 year old stepdad oh. and have a kid. There's something odd going there. Heck yeah. I mean, she's she's a pretty gal too. I mean, so. It's not like she was desperate for attention or something like that. Well, it works both ways. Yeah, so she's an attractive young woman. I'm sure you could have found all kinds of different dudes that have been interested in you. You don't need to pick the guy who raised you as your dad. And on the other end of it, you're a really rich socialite. I'm sure you could find a way to couple with lots of different women. How about you don't choose one that you raised as your daughter? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Errol admitted he hadn't asked Jana for a paternity test, but his kid looks just like all his other kids. So, However, the wealthy businessman stated there are other women claiming that he's also fathered their children. Quote, I have about six people, women, claiming that their child is mine. Oh, wait, women. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. People capable of pregnancy. But he uses the outdated, vicious term, women. I have about six people, women, who claim that their child is my child right now. Obviously, they're opportunists. But there was a period in Johannesburg in the 80s that I was going out with a different woman every night. I had plenty of dates. So it's quite conceivable that one of them could actually come back and say, this is your child. It's possible. Meanwhile, the elderly patriarch said he hasn't ruled out the possibility of having more children in the future. Quote, if I could have another child, I would. I can't see any reason not to. Yeah, you know, we've talked about this many times over the years, whether it's Elon Musk's dad or Mick Jagger or whoever. Um, you just have a different view of being the father of a kid than I have. I mean, yeah. I, I, I spend most of every day of my life since they were born thinking about raising them and the role I'm playing in that. And there's plenty of people that apparently never think about it at all. It doesn't right. play a role really in their mind ever. Yeah, well, I've always loved the saying, any boy can make a child, but it takes a man to raise one. Um, and is that mostly guys who their dad didn't play a role, so they can't imagine it? I mean, because if, if your dad wasn't a, didn't play a big, like my dad's huge, still is, in influence over all kinds of my thoughts and decisions. But mm. if you didn't have that, you might think, well, you know, what's the big deal? Could be a factor. I don't know. Because Elon... Who, who says his dad is a horrible human being, is cranking out kids all over the place. Elon's only 50, and he's got 10 kids. He's got the opportunity, obviously, to have a lot more. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Behind the scenes, Alex handed me this, and it's really interesting. So, um, it drives me crazy. If you've been a long-time listener of the show, I hate it that things aren't adjusted for inflation. If you hit me with the biggest box office opening in, uh, ever, for, and you didn't adjust for inflation, it's useless information. Or the gas price is the highest it's ever been. Useless unless you're adjusting for inflation. It's uh, incomes, whatever you want to talk about. If you don't adjust mm-hmm. for inflation, it's stupid. And especially now, because numbers are drastically different than from, from a year ago. This is adjusted for an inflation. It's pretty interesting. What would it take to a uh, cost to take a family of four to a baseball game? So they averaged it out in 2022. They averaged it across 30 ballparks. They had to average it. It varies quite a bit. You take a family of four with tickets, two beers, two sodas, four hot dogs, and parking. If you go to a Red Sox game, it's about 324 bucks. Wow. That's a lot. But you go to Arizona Diamondbacks game, it's 126. But anyway, they averaged it across the whole country. It's about a little over 200 bucks to take a family of four to a Major League Baseball game. Man, that ain't cheap. But compared to 1960, people are always complaining that things are more expensive today. Are they? In 1960, blah, 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 what do it cost? $1.91 for the tickets. Hey, bada, bada, bada. Hey, bada, bada. How about that JFK? I voted against him. Hey, bada, bada. You're Glad s- World, War World War II is over. You're, your tie's too wide. <laughs> uh, two beers and four hot dogs cost 35 cents in 1960 dollars 
Parking was a quarter. Anyway, you adjust this all for, in, all for inflation, and in 1960, it would have cost $102 to take your family of four to the ballpark. Almost exactly half mm. of today's cost of taking a family to the ballpark. So it is significantly more expensive. Uh, how about a couple other things? Let's look at the movies. All in all, today's family moving outing costs about $68 for tickets, for sodas, two popcorns, a box of candy. God I'm sorry, dang, how much? 70 bucks to take. Yeah, okay. Two kids to the movie, two parents, 70 bucks. That seems like a lot. What would it cost you in 1960? Adjusted for inflation, almost exactly half that. Almost exactly mm. half. Like, weirdly exactly half, but quite a bit cheaper. You want to see Gregory Peck or John Wayne? <laughs> how about Kennedy? And your tie's too wide. <laughs> you said that last time. Um, you said that to me at the bullpen. <laughs> Leave it alone, or I'll suck you right in your mush. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, and then, so I got a couple more here. Uh, d- d- I'll save Disneyland. First, I'll do... No, I'll do Disneyland next. Here you go. Disneyland. Um... And I have not taken my kids to Disneyland. I know it's expensive. Two child tickets one day, two adult tickets one day, parking, and a one-night stay at the Disneyland Hotel, which I I know is really laying it out there, if you do that, if you actually stay at the hotel. Oh, yeah. Have you ever done that? Uh, Yeah, we did. Ages ago, did it once. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know about Disneyland, but I do know at Legoland in San Diego, I know people that have gone and thought Legoland was, eh, we stayed at the hotel, which, granted, is very expensive, and it was phenomenal i mean as an experience i mean it was like one of the highlights of my kids lives oh we loved it so back in the day it is expensive but it is also way 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 better so that's just my two cents which in 1960 was worth hardly anything mister so disneyland uh, we're going to disneyland in 1960 now yeah there's so many people at this park i'll bet we run into kennedy Did you see Mickey's tie? Shut up about the ties! Uh, $18 a night. That's $178 in today's money for the room at the hotel. Blah, blah, blah. But just like the ball game, the biggest increase is in the parking. That's what things have really changed. Is somebody figuring out between 1960 and now, you can stick it to people over parking. They'll just put up with anything. Well, right. What are they going to do? Walk or take the local bus? Adjusted for inflation, even adjusted for inflation, in 1960, it cost two dollars and forty-seven cents to park. Wow, <laughs> that's know. the adjusted figure. Yeah, today it's thirty bucks. Oh, so that's an eleven thousand wow. eleven thousand nine hundred percent bump in price in parking since 1960 or 13 and a half times the rate of inflation wow parking is where they've really really added the cost wow yeah that parking is such a scam ballparks you know basketball arenas amusement parks whatever it's always freaking parking yeah well i'm a capitalist and you know i get it but it is kind of interesting that in 1960 at the ballpark they either hadn't thought of it or thought it would just be uncool to punish you to park your car that way. So they mm-hmm. charged like a quarter. Um, And then somebody along the line decided they're going to come. They're not going to take the bus. It's too dangerous. So we can charge them practically anything we want. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, again, it's, you know, it's the free market at work. They realize, well, wait a minute. Why are we just covering our costs with the parking fee? We can make it a profit center and it works. So, eh. yeah. Um, over you don't like it, don't go. Oh, overarching question would be, why are things, why is this entertainment stuff twice as expensive as it was in 1960? Is it the wider ties? Hmm. I think that's a factor. I'm thinking about this in economic terms. Um, I got my guess, but. Well, yeah, I think it's that everybody has a great deal more disposable income. Yeah, I think there are way more freaking families that would ever even consider going to the ballpark or Disneyland than there were, you know, this is before I was a kid in 1960, significantly before I was old enough to know about this stuff. But um, I knew one family in my life that had been to Disneyland. Now, granted, I'm from the Midwest. Um, so, you know, it's not harder to get there further away, but I'm guessing that's not the case now. Yeah. Um, there, most of the kids I know that are from the same towns I'm from, half of them have been to Europe now. I mean, I didn't even know anybody who'd been to Disneyland. It's just, so it's supply and demand. There's way more demand for entertainment. So, uh, they, they charge more. Yeah. I, I think that's it. Bigger cars or more cars, bigger houses and, and higher ticket and, uh, entertainment. You know, I was, uh, I was a teenager. I think I was just barely in high school and I passed up a ticket to see the Rolling Stones because it was going to be 20 bucks. And Idiots. I worked hard. I worked hard for my money and I didn't want to spend that much. And they were Even only at, what? 55 at that time. Even adjusted for inflation. And, and you must, as you pointed out so angrily earlier. Um, <laughs> We we would have been aghast, horrified, minds blown by a two hundred and fifty dollar concert ticket, three hundred, four, six hundred. Your your yuppie kind of uh, boomer slash Gen X rock tickets these days, they're insane by historical standards to go see a rock and roll show. Why? Same reason. There's so much more disposable income. Standards of living have raised. And the, and the people have more dollars to be extracted. Limited number of seats to go see the 90-year-old Eagles. So they raise the prices. Let's go see Elizabeth Taylor today. She's hot. I'll tell you one thing. We're never getting to the moon. How long do you think Castro can hang on? <laughs> That's kids wow. discussing going to the movies in, in 1960. 1960. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fabulous. Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, often hailed as the authoritative source on what a word means, uh, has added to its online definition of female that the word can mean, quote, having a gender identity that is opposite of male. But (laughs) what does opposite of male mean? Means female. I've always had that problem with dictionaries. Um, sure. Well, you know, would be a good example. Uh, well, I know what you know, this is an easy word, but like shopping, you look up shopping and it says, you know, the verb to shop. Well, I don't know what shop means. You know, that 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 used to bother sure, me. That sort of word. thing. Yeah. You have to chase it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> TikTok is now rivaling Google for searches. And I think this is interesting, given the fact that the FBI says none of us should have TikTok on our phones. But, for instance, it's becoming very popular that, like, if you are looking for, say, a cool bar in Boston, you're on vacation. Instead of Googling it, people TikTok it, and you'll get more easy-to-use examples that will include videos of the bar or the restaurant or the whatever you're wanting to do. So people are liking it better for those kind of searches Hmm. on TikTok, which is 
One makes perfectly good sense. It sounds like a better way to look up, you know, what's the best Italian restaurant, and I get, you know, 10 videos of these restaurants with comments on them. But we're not supposed to have TikTok on our phones. It's a Chinese spy on us. Don't you know? Doesn't everybody China. know that? People don't care, do they? No. No. It's fun and entertaining. I don't know anything about China. I don't care. Don't trust China. That's right, sir. Thank you. There you go. So if you want to look up something like best place for lunch or whatever, uh, TikTok is more popular now, or or Instagram, than Google for that sort wow. of thing. Because it's just, really, you get pictures and videos. Yeah. I'm, I'm on hip. You know, there's another Chinese tech story. We don't really have time for it right now. But one of the, the biggest GPS vehicle trackers that you'd use for, I don't know, a police department or a shipping company or whatever. You need to know where your vehicles are. One of the, the, the biggie is made by China, and it is hackable and exploitable by the Chinese Communist Party and its military. And it's in use all over America. Fantastic. This is all going to come back to bite us in the hind end someday. It is. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I got my The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know what's valuable? Errol Musk's semen. 
That's Elon Musk's dad, who is 76 years old, and Joe brought us the story on how he has sired a second child with a 30-year-younger woman that he raised as a kid. Not biologically as kid, but raised her her whole life, more or less. Then started having kids with her as soon as she was a grown-up. Yeah, I think she's 36 years younger. Anyway... Yeah, he 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 had like uh, took over as her stepdad when she was four, I think. So raised her her whole life, and then as soon as she's a grown up, he sexes her up and has kids with her. All right, um, you know, is what it is. But anyway, so Errol Musk has been asked to donate his sperm to several South American women with a particular company that is wanting to buy his sperm. Uh, with a quote here, I've got a company that want me to donate sperm to impregnate high class women. Errol claimed yesterday, why go to Elon when they can go to the actual person who created Elon? The idea is that you get the sperm that created the same genius genes for the world's richest man. Yeah, I'm not sure his genetic reasoning is sound, but you got a decent shot of having a super bright kid. I mean, what if the gallon questions, you know, a dunderhead, for instance, a numbskull? Yeah, exactly. You, you get both sets, and you, you might be, a, you know, are you hooking up with a, a hot dunderpate? That's not going to help you out any. Um, la la uh, numskalita, as they say in Latin America. <laughs> I think this is just all horrible on every level. I don't like any of this story. But um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, just uh, I never really thought about it. Are you more likely to get Elon Smart's? By having kids with him or his dad? His dad's making the argument that, hey, look, he came from me. You could, genetically speaking, it might have been mom who supplied the smarts to Elon. Right, or grandpa. I mean, now he was, uh, granted, the horny old man is is quite bright by all accounts. but Or grandpa, because we learned, what story allowed us to learn this a few years ago? That uh, you're not 50-50, your mom and dad. You're, You're like, you could be... You could be you could be fifty percent your grandpa and twenty five percent your dad. It's just the way that all I must all have works. missed that. Really? Yeah, we talked about that. That's why sometimes you look exactly like your grandpa, but not like your dad hmm. or grandma or whatever. Interesting. I must have spaced that off or forgotten it or something. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting, really. I'm forgetful, like my granddad was. <laughs> Hey, much more to come after a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security, the best system you can get. And I tell you what, during these troubled times, it's so great to know nothing's going to happen at your place that's not A, caught on video, high def, like super great video, or B, noticed and and tip off Simply Safe's 24/7 professional monitors who can dispatch police or first responders in whatever sort of emergency you have whether it's a break in or fire or medical problem even if you're not home so a lot of different publications as we've as we've told you about for a long time have called Simply Safe the best security system you can get you would think that that would cost a lot but it doesn't you can get it for around a dollar a day with no long term contract or hidden fees yeah, ordered online, it comes to your home, you set it up yourself in about a half an hour. And Simply Safe is super good at getting higher priority 911 dispatch because they can describe what's going on to the dispatchers. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Use our code today. Claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. 
Maybe it was Charles Barkley calling San Francisco a filthy city that made them so ashamed that they decided to get all these new trash cans. But San Francisco is currently testing six different trash cans. They've got six trash can prototypes out there. You're probably thinking, I'm picturing uh, cylindrical and open on one end. That's kind of what I'm envisioning. <laughs> um, yeah, wow, classic design. <laughs> seems to work in most cities, but it's not good enough in San Francisco. I do experience a lot. Um, in various places I've lived and live now, where trash cans are overflowing all the time, I'm I'm uh, always complaining about government waste. There's something we need to spend enough money on. We need to pick up the trash at the cans that are overflowing off enough, often enough that they're not overflowing onto the street. All right, that just needs to happen. Well, and what kind of indicator of a society is it that the, part of the reason San Francisco is spending way more money that can, than can be justified on these prototypes is that they don't want anybody getting into the cans. They don't want anybody digging out the garbage. Yeah, so, so we have a society where people are dumpster diving on every trash can on the street. It makes them harder to overflow, which I can't even imagine what that means, but also makes it harder to break in, as Joe was just saying, because people break into the trash cans so they can gather up four plastic bottles and make three cents. But, you know, maybe they're tweakers and like the shiny things. I don't know. So these prototypes, the cheapest one is about $10,000. The most expensive one is about $20,000. And they range in between Hmm. with these trash cans that just look like city trash cans. Uh, The city spent a combined $536,000 to pay an industrial designer and manufacturer to custom make the cans. Uh, The old trash cans, by the way, that they've had for years in San Francisco cost about $1,000 a piece. I didn't know they'd cost that much. Hmm. I'm sure somebody's getting rich off of that. Well, they're probably like super rugged and heavy duty and such. They gotta be, but seems awfully expensive though. It really does. Anywho, once they, uh, right now they've got a code on them. And if you use a trash can and you say, man, I really like this trash can, you can put the little code on your phone and it'll take you to a website and you can vote for that trash can. And then the winning trash can will be the one the city adopts and they'll probably cost about $2,500 a piece once they once they uh, start manufacturing them in bulk. Yeah. So it's like wine tasting. You go from trash can to trash can, throwing away a pop can. Think, yeah, that was a really nice experience there. Yeah, I'll give that one a 4.5. You go around, try all the trash cans. Throw it away on pop can. Now you climb up on it and defecate in it and throw away your needles and see, yeah, see, this is working for me. Well, there's a limited number of times I can do that. The San Francisco way, man. Yeah. I was speaking of needles. Matter. I'm sorry, Johnny. That's right, Johnny. Um, speaking of handing out needles, which they do, right? Uh, maybe it would cut down crime if we could, like, hand out shiny objects to tweakers. I mean, I don't know what they would be. Little little polished stones or something wow, like that. Wow, that is, is forward thinking. How come nobody's come up with this idea? Instead of them stealing... Because hum- I'm a visionary. Come on. Instead of people stealing the stuff that belongs to me because it's shiny, taxpayers supported shiny things that are much cheaper. Right. Maybe even people could uh, donate the no longer needed shiny objects to give to tweakers in their bum camps. People say I'm not compassionate. How dare you? One man's garbage is another man's treasure. Exactly. I can make the PSAs today. Got something shiny that you're no longer using? Give today to tweakers. I'm I'm Joe. I'm a tweaker. I do meth all day long. I got like three teeth left, and I scratch at imaginary scabs all the time. Oh, Tell you what, there's one thing I really, really like. It's shiny objects. So if you'd be so kind, what? Too close to home? 
No, I, I passed a guy on the sidewalk yesterday with my son hiding behind me on the other side who was doing the whole scratching and imaginary scabs on his face thing, arguing with himself very angrily about something. I thought this is just fantastic yeah. that this guy is standing here on the street as we get an ice what? cream cone. Just fantastic. As that wonderful, sad article in the uh, that piece in the Atlantic put it, we are easing young people into death on the pavement, and we're calling it compassion. Yeah. Anyway, that was dark. Uh, Turned it sad. Sorry. Armstrong and Getty. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.